Joining us uh, from uh, the organization called Believe It, it is Sam Daly. Good morning, Sam. Good morning. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. Yeah, thanks so much for coming in. We certainly appreciate it. And thanks for checking in with us. You just have a a wonderful organization there that I really love and believe in. And it's nice having you on just to talk about it. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, We're in our eighth year now. Mm -hmm. And uh, for those that may be new to us, we train service dogs free of charge for disabled military veterans. And uh, we do that right here in Northfield, uh, just just west of town. And uh, like I say, it's our eighth year. But my wife and I live on the property there, and we've had uh, the dog business there for the last 22 years. And we have you have a couple of events coming up, and we'll get to those in just a couple of minutes. Let's find out a little bit more about uh, Believe That and the, the dogs and uh, the uh, service people that uh, you're training them to, to, to help. You know, we, when we think of... Uh, Soldiers and and people involved with the military or military personnel, whatever branch it might be, when we think of them coming back, a lot of people will think uh, PTSD is a big part of it, and I'm sure that is. Are are there, what are, how how do the dogs help? Is it usually, is it all for, you know, PTSD? Do they have other needs that the dogs can help them with? Yeah, there's there's just about, uh, there's just about no disability that they can't help mitigate. Um, for us, uh, we do deal with a lot of post-traumatic stress uh, veterans um, who have tremendous anxiety, uh, major depressive disorder, and oftentimes physical injuries as well. Uh, it may not be obvious, like say they're missing a limb, uh, but they have other injuries uh, that are more invisible. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, there's the dogs are custom trained for each person. So if somebody may need uh, help with nightmare interruption because they have trouble sleeping. Um, somebody else uh, might need help with retrieving because they are limited with mobility. Um, and and the, you know, the, the, uh, the support that they give in terms of peace of mind um, and, and kind of that anxiety mitigation for going out in public, uh, our folks are, you know, our veterans are highly isolated. Um, they're in many ways fearful to leave their homes, which is, uh, sometimes hard to imagine uh, that you have a, a trained warrior um, who is fearful to go to the grocery store. But um, frankly, they oftentimes don't trust their own judgment. And so by having the dog along with them, it, it, it kind of diffuses the situation. Um, it also, uh, it's also sort of a coming out for them because when they go in public with their dog, you know, they are essentially... Uh, saying to other people, I, I, I need this dog, uh, it's my service dog, because I have a disability, because I have a problem. Uh, and these are folks that oftentimes don't readily admit to uh, their own problems. So, yeah, the, the dogs, um, w- one of the main things that they do is they help eliminate medications. So our veterans, you know, they take a dozen different medications oftentimes, uh, something to help them sleep, something to help them wake up, something, something for anxiety, something for depression, something for pain, um, and then a combination of other things. And they all have side effects. So the, the medications, the drugs, are really um, not an answer. Like, like our veterans cannot take another pill, uh, and that's sort of the, the treatment regimen that's normally pursued with them. Uh, every one of our veterans is able to reduce the number of medications they take once they are paired with their service dog.
Uh, once again, Sam Daly is with us. Let's talk about the the dogs themselves. How many dogs do you uh, do you have in training for this program uh, at at any given time over, over right. the course of a year? Yeah. So as of today, we have sixteen uh, dogs in training, and uh, it takes about eighteen months now to train these guys. So. Um, the dogs, uh, you know, you, they have to be, you know, have to be puppies before they can be adults and they, and be trained. So it takes some time to do this. So if we have, uh, 30 dogs in the program, it might mean there's 15 out in foster homes getting ready for next year's group of veterans. And then there's 15 or 16 that we have currently in house that are getting ready for this group, this year's group of veterans. So it's, um, there's a lot of dogs in the, in the, in the pipeline and not every dog makes it. You know, we have a high standard in terms of what our, you know, our quality is going to be. And so, uh, not every dog makes it. And so the dogs that are not suitable to, uh, go to the restaurant or get on an airplane and fly, um, you know, and being in those public environments, they're, they get a lot of training and they're great dogs and they'll be fine for somebody's family. Uh, as a companion dog, but they're just not going to make it as a service dog. Are, are you able to sell those to help offset some of the cost of the programs, or do you, not, what, do you what do you do with those? Yeah, dogs? not really. We don't we don't sell any of them. Um, okay. We 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 just want to make sure we pick the appropriate homes mm-hmm. uh, and that they're in a stable, loving, healthful environment, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's what's you know that's what's most important to us is that they go someplace uh, appropriate. Let's talk about uh, the need. Uh, has there been an increased demand uh, for these dogs? Yeah, so we have a tremendous demand. Uh, we, we have about 60 veterans that are on our waiting list. Um, and you can just do the numbers. If we do 15 dogs a year, uh, 60, 60 veterans uh, on a waiting list, is, it's, it's a few years out uh, before they're even going to get into our program. So, yeah, there's, a, there's n- never a lack of, of demand. And uh, there's only just a lack of, in our case, uh, we have space. So there's only so much space that we can house dogs and train people in. And then also, uh, you know, for the, uh, on the expenditure side, you know, on the revenue side, there's only, only so much we can afford to do at one time. From uh, the standpoint of uh, the breed of dogs that you use, we've talked about this in the past. You do have some, do some dog breeds lend themselves better to a uh, service like this than others? Yeah, I would I would say uh, you know if you were to generalize like that, the Labradors are pretty hard to beat. Um, we have some Golden Retrievers coming up. We always have uh, a veteran that who has an allergy in their family, so we always have a couple of Poodles in the program uh, that are more hypoallergenic for those types of environments. But it's pretty hard to beat the Labrador Retriever. Um, we do use mixed breed dogs that we get from animal shelters. And uh, sometimes they're, well, they're certainly less predictable, um, but we've had very good luck, you know, with them too. So if you can evaluate them right and you, and you get them in the door, uh, then a lot of times they can be successful just like the others. I, I would imagine that uh, dogs' normal, uh, uh, what was the word I'm looking for, temperament, I guess, uh, probably plays a big role in the selection process big because so if, if you're a 72 year old or 75 year old vietnam veteran who's looking for a service dog you don't need a lot of activity high activity level you know you're probably looking more for a couch potato type uh service dog easy to handle and uh suitable for your you know your lifestyle on the other hand if you're a 35 year old uh, uh afghanistan veteran and you like to hike and hunt and camp and you know go fishing, then you probably would actually appreciate a dog with a little more get up and go. 
so we try to match the dogs as closely as possible to the personalities of the you know of the owners and 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 so and and two on the personality side there's there's just some ethical concerns in terms of bringing them into a public space so when you when when you sign off on a dog they have to be suitable in terms of you know they're not going to growl at children they're not going to chase the cats they're not going to be unruly in a public environment and so those things are important and we always say that we can train behaviors we can't so much train disposition uh, the disposition is kind of built in. That's how they're wired. Uh, that's going to be hard to change, but the, the, the behaviors we can certainly change. Uh, Sam Daly is with us from the organization Believe It. Let's, uh, let's talk about the two events. We mentioned at the top of the interview that you have two events coming up, and one is uh, uh, the first one is concerning the, uh, uh, the, do- or the, the puppies and such. Right. So we actually have um, a, a recruiting class. We're, having, mm-hmm. we're holding at 50 North on March 20th, and you can sign up at 50 North, or you can sign up on, on our Believe It website, uh, and it's just a an information session about uh, what's involved in being a foster for our um, service dog program for veterans. So that's something, you know, for families and for uh, individuals. We like to have our dogs go out and get a lot of ex- experience and exposure in the in a, you know in, in society because there are things that we cannot duplicate in the training room uh, we we don't train around cats for example we don't train around small children uh, and so when somebody fosters a puppy for us they can expose them to things that we cannot and if we if we you know if there's any red flags or we need to know anything about that particular dog then we can uh, you know make make uh, adjustments accordingly but so on March 20th at at the uh, at 50 north we're holding a, uh, an information session for puppy fosters. So we um, get a puppy in about eight weeks old, and it's, of course, too young to come into our training center. So it goes and lives with a family for six months, and then at about age eight months to nine months, then it's old enough to come into our training center and train with us full time. And we train five days a week. So there's another, another kind of foster available too. So when the dog is in training five days a week, uh, rather than just sit around and stare at the wall on Saturday and Sundays, the dogs get to go home with families. So, uh, so they during our training program, they get to go home on weekends and they go to the lake with the family or go to wherever their their plans are, picnics or anything that they're doing. And it's a great um, opportunity for enrichment in terms of the dogs. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I it would probably take a special person or a special situation to have these dogs because uh, while you do get visitation rights while they're in training, you you don't get to keep the dog. I mean, the dogs. You get so emotionally attached to them, as I'm sure you're aware. Uh, so it takes kind of a special person. It sure does. You know, somebody who is who's community service minded. Uh, that's a good way to look at it. I think they teach great lessons for for young uh, children in the family. Also, in terms of a project that you're doing to help build your community, improve your community, and change the life of somebody else. So yeah, it's definitely they people get attached to them, and it's hard for them to give them up, but. In the end, when the dog is graduating, uh, the the foster family attends our graduation with with the veteran. And so then they get to actually symbolically hand off the leash to the veteran as they're, you know, know, changing hands uh, from the foster family to the veteran uh, for their their lifetime. 
Wow, what a that had to be a, a tremendous moment for uh, for both. Oh really, yeah, uh, the person receiving and the person giving away the dog. A lot it's of like, tears. It's like having your daughter get married or something. <laughs> something, <laughs> something like that. Only, I I don't a think it's quite as big of a relief. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, now that's the first uh, event. You have a second event coming up, and which is uh, you, you know kind of your big yearly. Uh, um, yeah, spring event, mm-hmm. kind of a gala. Um, it's it's free. It's it's very casual, and we'll be at the ballroom here in Northfield a week from tomorrow. So March twenty fifth, uh, start about five o'clock in the evening, right at the ballroom, and it's one of our major uh, fundraisers for the year. And there's no need to get tickets or anything. You can just show up at the door. Exactly. Just show up and okay. enjoy yourself. Of course, the things you might uh, be likely to see would be uh, raffles. Uh, silent auction, live auction, um, some uh, some slideshows and speaking, you know, uh, speakers that talk about. We're going to introduce our new, uh, our first em- paid employee. So uh, Jane Ridehome is a St. Olaf graduate, um, an attorney from Minneapolis, and she has. We've hired Jane as our uh, first employee, and she's the the executive director of Believe It Canine Service Partners right now. All right. Well, I can't wait to go to, just to meet her. Uh, that event is a week from tomorrow, is that correct? Yes, the twenty the twenty fifth at mm-hmm. the ballroom starts about five o'clock, and uh, there'll be there'll be food, and you know, of course, the bar is open, and and uh, a lot of nice items that uh, folks have donated. And I guess the big question that's burning in everyone's mind right now will will there be dogs there? Will you be able? To oh yes, dogs? there'll be dogs. <laughs> there'll, there'll be a few puppies, and uh, and uh, yeah, certainly some uh, of the dogs in training. Yeah, so. Come and uh, be prepared to leave your heart there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. Sam, is there anything else we'd like to talk about while we have you in here? No, you know, I would like to say that uh, if anybody's interested in more information about these, they can contact me directly. Um, I can maybe leave my, my information with you, Jeff. Absolutely. And uh, and you can contact me right through the station here, certainly through our website. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're only about four miles out of Northfield, so you're welcome uh, to set up a tour and come visit us, too, if you'd like to see what we're doing. Absolutely. And we, uh, we'll put this interview online with the story, and you can give the information to Joanne, uh, our uh, office manager, and we'll have those links and everything right on, right on our webpage. So, thank you so much. Wonderful. Sam, thank you so much, and I'm sure we'll be seeing you again soon. I hope so, Jeff. Thanks. <laughs> Sam Daly, once again from Believe It. You're listening to 95.1 FM and AM 1080 KYMN Northfield. We got Rich coming in with local news in just a moment. Hello, Northfield area friends. This is Mark and Simeon from Moon Liquor Company.